You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Karis LeVert short on the three. Another rebound for Westbrook. Up ahead, here's Hachimura. He'll go up on the left quickly before Turner can get back. Westbrook the spin. Nice move by Russell Westbrook. That's tough. That was a lot of contact. Now Matthews brought in the step back for three. Rebound for Westbrook. That's a triple-double. A new franchise leader. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski, Preston Johnson here with you today. Sports bettors, are you ready? Download the PointsBet app now and use our promo code BetQLDaily to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with PointsBet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the app now to experience this premium sports book for yourself. And don't forget to sign up with our promo code BetQLDaily to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So are you ready? T's and C's apply. Void where prohibited. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral. Referral services. We're on Twitter at BetQL Daily, airing weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the BetQL Audio Network in the association on Monday night. Uh, the game that was uh, set up as the game of the night, not so much. Uh, Clippers take care of the Bucks, 129 to 105. Clips win without Paul George and Patrick Beverly. Four Clippers finish with 20 plus points. Milwaukee Bucks. On a losing streak, <laughs> stop me if you've heard this before. Now they've lost three in a row here. Uh, they could only score 17 in the second quarter and 19 points in the fourth. Uh, these Bucks, they were on a, a hot run, and then now they're back on a losing streak here, Preston. The Knicks game, they played Brooke Lopez and like a bunch of G-leaguers. So That's true. That's fair. That was a weird – I'm not sure why they rested everybody. When everybody, yeah. They <laughs> – like need to win games ultimately, but they did. So I don't know. You got to throw that one out and losing to the Clippers isn't even without Paul George, you know, it's, it's not Clippers have been winning games. Even when Kawhi rested the other day, I know uh, they won one without him and you know they do the load management thing with these guys. Cause they want to be healthy in the playoffs. And I, I think that's fine, but we just can't really discount. I think they shot 12 of 16 from three in the second half though. I, sometimes I, mm. it doesn't matter if you're the bucks or the dream yeah. team, that Clippers team, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, they weren't missing threes. It didn't matter. It was just uh, they couldn't get stops in that regard. So, uh, yeah, I'm not discounting the Bucks yet. Uh, they haven't, I think, met people's expectations after the Drew Holiday trade. So I think it's fair to question it. But I think my my questioning of anyone in the East now is just because the Nets have looked so good without Durant, without Kyrie at times. And they keep adding these pieces that you know can help bolster their depth and Ultimately, the Nets should be the favorite. So uh, I'm not completely out on the Bucks though, or anything over a couple game sample. And one of those, you know, it was Jordan Wara and Fanasa sent it to Kumpo and <laughs> um, the Sam Merrill. Like all these guys were, yeah. were playing all the minutes. And, you know, 
that, that game against the Knicks kind of threw that one out at least. And, and that first game, if I don't, I'm not saying throw it out, but it was one of those weird rematch situations that we've seen this year with the Boston Celtics. Oh, the back-to-back. Uh, back-to-back, yeah. yeah. They won one, and then they lost one. So uh, they've lost three in a row here, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks here. Uh, what a, a question about the futures order in the Western Conference, and if you agree with with how they have it right now. Obviously, uh, Lakers are favorite because the market is saying LeBron and AD, if they're out there, they're the best team in the West. Okay. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. But then the rest of the order I find interesting because after the Lakers, you have the Clippers. That hasn't changed throughout the season. And then it goes uh, Utah, according to the odds, the third best team. Then it goes Denver the fourth. Phoenix has the second best record, but as far as the odds go, like a points bet, they're 30 to one to win the title. They have the fifth best odds in the West. Do you agree with that order that after Lakers Clippers, they have Utah eight to one, then Denver 20 to one, and then Phoenix at 30 to one. I think the, um, this is to win it all, not just the West, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, I believe before the Aaron Gordon trade, the Suns were actually, um, uh, priced differently than Denver. They kind of swapped mm-hmm. after the Aaron Gordon trade, which I think's fine. I'm not sure. We, we don't know yet where Aaron Gordon will ultimately be with this Denver team and if he, he swings that much. Uh, but uh, of anything, I, I would say the Suns are still slightly disrespected. I know like the Jazz are there when no one would have had them there before the season, but they had that huge run in the first half before the All-Star break. And, you know, the Suns are... 31 wins, which, you know, is top five in the league and only three games, I think, behind Utah, something in that range. So they're not even that far off overall having a record similar to Utah. And so it's tough, man. I, I don't I don't know ultimately if the Suns had tried to do something to add to their, their roster, if they just think we're probably still a year early. They just they only have Chris Paul at this level for maybe one more year total. So I was a little surprised they didn't add someone or something. But they've been, you know, pretty deep regardless. And they're probably the team that intrigues me the most. I think there's more upside there from like the general fan perspective, probably aren't really giving the Suns a shot at all. But they remember Denver has been in the Western Conference Finals twice already. And then they remember they are in Gordon trade. And I can see why if you're an odds maker and you're pricing things, you would have Denver now ahead of Phoenix. Um, My numbers personally probably would have them switch still. Um, But the other three, I think, are pretty fair. Okay. Uh, I was thinking, going through the divisions, I was thinking about a conversation we had a few weeks ago. And has it changed much? Well, in like in the Southeast Division, Charlotte is still leading without LaMelo. They have played well. Um, and Atlanta is a half game back. Miami, one game back. The Heat are the favorite. For instance, at points bet, they're minus 155. The second favorite, the Hawks, at plus 225. The Hornets, Still hanging on to a half game lead, top of the division. They are plus five hundred. Are you? Would you be backing off because look, no Lamelo long term? Once we get the larger sample size, they're gonna they're gonna drop back. Five to one still priced pretty high. I think yeah. when we talked about it before, it was six or seven to one, and so it's, it's shrinking a little bit, but not a ton. Obviously, the Heat. I think people expect he'll just figure it out, and they added Oladipo. And so when they take all that into account, it's like, okay, the Heat will end up, you know, we're only halfway through the season. They'll end up on top. I think a team that's been overlooked in general because they started slowly is the Hawks. 
and Joe likes him tonight, I think, against the Suns, actually, uh, plus the points. But they're a team that defensively has gotten a lot better. Clint Capella has helped there. DeAndre Hunter, he when he was out, they couldn't get stops. He's been back, and they've been just a much better team uh, on that side. Plus, he, I think he's just he's one of the best young players in the league. I think he's up and coming. If no one knows who DeAndre Hunter is, watch a Hawks game or two in the near future. Uh, I think they're a team that at plus, I think you said 225, 250 range? Yes, 225, that, yeah. I would look there still before the Hornets. Now the Hornets, they give them credit for, you know, finding ways in these close games. They they had another a crazy one uh, Sunday. They had a huge comeback, ended up going into overtime. They ended up losing to the Suns anyway. But uh, ultimately, I think they're you know far and away the third best roster, so to speak, in that division. Mm-hmm. And they're also close right now. That uh, I, I think, yeah, it, it's it's priced accordingly. And if anything, I'd look uh, at the Atlanta side at getting you know two. And a half to one or so. It's just noteworthy because uh, a few weeks back when we were talking about Dallas winning their division, you could find yeah. them minus 140, and now they're minus 500 with a half game lead in the Southwest. I saw that one. Fist pump. If, <laughs> yeah. Anyone, yeah. if anyone bet that one, it's decent shape. They still project uh, over the weekend. I haven't looked since Saturday or Sunday, but they, I'm pretty sure they still project to have the easiest remaining schedule in the league. It's mm-hmm. either that or second easiest. It's going to be one or the other, but uh, that's obviously part of it. And the other part is, I think the Spurs are kind of coming back down to earth. Some they are four and six in their last ten. They were a team that had vastly overperformed heading into the All Star break. And then Memphis is a team that I think we like in general. In theory, they have some cool players. Jaron Jackson Jr. Maybe he returns eventually, but Dallas is just a better team than Memphis. And so with an easier schedule and the better team, that was just a bet that I think. Uh, made too much sense at the time and now it's priced accordingly where they're you know an 85 percent favorite or so and one more i wanted to mention the pacific we're just talking about the suns and they still have the lead Mm -hmm. there by a half game over the clippers but they are not the favorite is the la clippers minus 250 Uh, the lakers are two games back but we know that they're going to be missing their dudes for a little bit longer plus 1200 over a points bet the suns with a half game lead at plus 200 is that a fair price so hmm, there's like 20, 26, 27 games left. And we know the Clippers do, you know, they're going to, they don't care if they win the division ultimately right now. They don't, maybe if it comes down to the final week and they can, they'll, they'll, they'll do their best to, but they're resting Paul George, Patrick Beverly, they're resting Kawhi when they need to. Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard have been playing a lot better. And that's one of the reasons they've been winning games regardless. So you have to credit some of their depth. I think Serge Ibaka has been out too. The Suns at that price, so like minus 250 on the Clippers. I mean, just to it's like 70, I think it's 71% is your break even point at that at a minus 250 price. Like, do you really think the Suns, or I mean, excuse me, the Clippers who are going to be resting their guys for the next 26, 27 games? So, I, I just think at that at that price, minus 250, 71% of the time, just to break even, the Clippers need to come from behind because they have a worse record right now. And they have to do it with the load management going forward because their eyes are on the prize of, hey, we're going to be healthy in the playoffs and give it our all at that point. I, I like the Suns at that plus 200. That was one I had made a note before, you know, for the show. And that was one that stood out more than any. And I don't know if it's it's similar with, hey, well, how are they, you know, priced differently than Denver in the futures market? I think people just aren't really giving Phoenix enough respect yet. And they're one of the better teams in the, in the league. Yeah, I agree with you. There's still a little bit of value there as uh, as the uh, games remaining continues to shrink. Joe Ostrowski, Preston Johnson, this is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. A- anything else that you took a note on that, that you want to bring up as far as NBA futures, awards, anything? 
I, I I did make a note of oh the other one was Dallas because I wanted to mention that they're minus five hundred yes. now. Uh, <laughs> we got that CLV, yeah. But I'm still intrigued by the Nets Sixers. So Nets are minus two twenty three to win the Atlantic. Sixers are plus one forty, and the Sixers still have the better record slightly. And Embiid I think projects to be back sooner. And we just this is what's interesting. I have no idea when Durant's coming back if he ever is. Like they just don't even say and. Theoretically, yeah. if Embiid's back in the next week and Durant doesn't play it basically into the playoffs, I think the Sixers project as a better team going forward uh, than the Nets do, assuming the Nets don't get Durant back and the Sixers get Embiid back. So with a lead already and you're getting plus 140 instead of laying minus 223, that's the like one look that I, I made a note on just because there's a lot of uncertainty with Brooklyn and some of these other pieces fitting, even though they don't have Durant yet. I don't know. I, I kind of embrace the variance, go with the plus money team that's already in front. You know, that Durant kind of leads me to the MVP conversation because now at most books, you, you see Jokic as the favorite. Some, you're going to have to lay a price at minus 120. I don't know if I'd agree with that one. Uh, Harden, the second favorite at plus 400 at points bet. Uh, one of the reasons I was always pushing back against Harden was you're going to see Durant return at some point. Durant's going to return at some point. But what you just mentioned, I think is key in the MVP race. Is he going to, I don't know (laughs) if he doesn't return. If I'm a voter, I I would probably write down Harden first. Especially if they end up with the best record in the East, which they're close. It's still the Sixers, but it's possible the Nets do it. And at that point, I've, I've talked about it. If, we don't want Jokic to get hurt, but all these guys have been getting hurt. So someone brought yeah. this question up to me last week. What if Nikola Jokic gets injured? Who's the favorite now? Is it Giannis for the third straight year? Or is it Harden, who everyone wanted to just automatically eliminate because of what he did in Houston to start the season? He punted some games away and demanded a trade. And can he be the MVP of the league? I don't think it's Giannis. I think it's Harden at that point. And I, I think voters would have to just put the first six to seven games aside and realize what he did and what – the value and impact he made to this Brooklyn team without Durant and without Kyrie for games here and there too, is just phenomenal. And so it's Jokic one for me, but I would give it to Harden at that point next. I think he deserves to be the second favorite. It could really happen. Uh, we only have a minute or so left, but um, the odds would tell you that the most improved player isn't as wide, that wide open, that Randall's the favorite, but just paying attention to this throughout the year. And I know you've done the same. I don't think it's that simple. I think it's completely up for grabs. What do you think? I still see. I, I looked again yesterday. People were talking about Levine might make an all NBA team and he's 50 <laughs> to one to win most improved players. Still. I don't understand. Wow. It doesn't add up to yeah. me. I'm still team Zach Levine. So, uh, and I don't think I think Jeremy Grant's obviously fallen off some in, in Detroit and Randall and the Knicks keep winning. So I, I understand why Randall's the favorite now, but I still think if I was to put in a ballot right now, Randall, Grant, and Levine are the top three, but Levine at 50 to 1. It's not priced correctly, still, in my opinion. But again, I don't vote. I don't know voters. I haven't asked what they plan to vote. Um, the Randall, New York, Nick story, I guess, is nice with Dibs and the playoff team now. But I like Levine still. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, it seems pretty uh, wide open to me. We'll, we'll hit on some NFL uh, win totals that are now out next on the BetQL Audio Network. It's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Download the BetQL app today to get the latest analytics to help you beat the sportsbooks.
It's time to start placing smarter bets, more profitable bets. If you're an experienced sports better or someone who's just starting out, BetQL is here to help us all become better bettors. BetQL runs hundreds of thousands of simulations and rates each potential bet on a scale of one to five stars. One star? Maybe skip that game. Five stars? That's like a big green light telling you to go. Look, you wouldn't torture your stomach with a one-star restaurant. Don't do it to your wallet. Get access to data and insights the sports books don't want you to see. We're talking about real proven analytics here not some hot takes from a random guy online betql's computer model analyzes every bet every day to find you the best opportunities pro and college games football basketball and more you can sort by sport or choose from a list of the best bets available right now in real time so before sitting down to watch your favorite sports see if the data backs up your betting instincts bet smarter and beat the books with betql download the betql app or visit betql.com today it's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe and Preston Johnson with you on BetQL Daily, weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Preston, I, I felt like we were a little rushed at the end, so I did want to hit a couple other points about most improved player. Probably should have left more time for it with it because it's the most uh, fascinating award right now and how we, we still think for the most part it's wide open and if you can get a nice number on Levine, you're, you're liking that 50 to one, you know, some places, 20, 30, um, some other names. It's, it's just so open. I'm starting to consider all sorts of names, which can be dangerous. Uh, wow. We had somebody tweet us. What, what about Zion at 20 to one? Is that a name that you would look at? I, I was thinking about, you know, we spent so much of the season talking about Jokic in the MVP race. Well, what if Harding does win it? Are, are there people that would consider Jokic for most improved at a number of 40 or 50? Is that there? I, mean, I haven't actually thought yeah. about it yet. But what's... Yeah, I, I've, I've noticed he's gotten, he kind of jumped in the race around that 40, 50 number in the last couple of weeks. Once you're an all NBA level player and you make a leap to MVP level player, uh, the, the most improved voting market, if we want to call it that, hasn't really given enough credit to it in my opinion so for example Luca last year who just in his second season was you know a top five MVP candidate in all NBA and he didn't even get really most improved recognition and went to Ingram They're, they, they tend to look at the guys that kind of come out of nowhere now Ingram didn't really come out of nowhere Randall isn't technically come out of nowhere but they love those types of leaps so a Jokic to MVP candidate even though he's been all NBA a few times already I, th- that's never going to happen, in my opinion. Uh, Levine would be more closely similar to Luca, where he's made this leap to potentially being an All NBA player this year His from first not All-Star. being one in the past. Those are the types of guys yeah. I think are probably undervalued in the market when I look, just because it's like these guys have improved greatly and and they're impacting wins and games for their teams. Where uh, you can say Randall is too, totally, but Jeremy Grant isn't, and he's the second favorite. And uh, yeah, and he's doing it a way worse efficiency. Um, so yeah, I think the market's interesting because it varies a lot from book to book, but also it's just handicapping the voting. And at least in the past, they've never really voted for someone like Jokic or Luka last year to win it. So uh, I wouldn't bother there. Is Zion's name too big for most improved? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I'm not, I think that's better than the Jokic bet though. Yeah. And, you know, if, if Zion keeps shooting 70% and the Pels keep winning and they make this run into the playoffs, I mean, there's a, there's a path for it potentially, but uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Maybe you could convince me if we thought about it here for another minute or two. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think so because you're right. 
if you look at the history of the the award, um, they're usually looking for guys that make a huge jump in, in points per game. And one thing that worried me about Grant is they, they're arguably the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and voters might hold mm-hmm. that against them. Somebody's going to score for the Pistons. Um, but you're right as far as the point about it's, it doesn't go to tier one players. Maybe tier two, tier three, maybe, maybe guys making that jump. Uh, here's another name I'm going to throw at you that I, that I have considered throughout the season. So in my mind, he was always part of the conversation, but just not a favorite. How about the jump Jalen Brown has made this year? And, and he's in that 50 to one range. Oh, wow. He's fallen quite a bit then. I know for a yes, while he, he was three, four, five to one range kind of in that. That's right. Mix. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the problem is he just, for one, he hasn't been as good as he was that first month, month and a half of the season. And the second part is the Celtics just have kind of fallen off the map themselves, too. They just, they've struggled. Every time they have like a big win over the Bucks, and then they almost lose to the Thunder, and then they lost uh, yesterday. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember who they were playing. But they just, they're just so up and down. I don't know if, if Brown's sustaining that, that initial hype he had. But, I mean, if they went on some crazy... I don't know. There's certain guys also that I think they're just not as flashy as others, right? Jalen Brown's not someone. He's got like the kind of Kawhi Leonard-ness to him. He's just not going to gravitate to to voters or to fans hyping him up as much as, you know, someone like Zion would or Jokic would or, or Luka or, or like even this year, Randall in New York City and them actually being a playoff team. Thib stakes over. No one expected this. It just has more of the narrative and storyline ultimately. than a He's the third guy we talk about on that team a lot of the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, even though he's thrown up r- ridiculous numbers. All right, just wanted to, to get your thoughts on that because this is this the award is is crazy. We're at this stage in the season, and I don't know. I don't know who the favorite Anything. is. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how these guys are going to vote. But everything you say, it kind of leads you back to that Zach Levine path. So if you can get a good number, uh, that could be worth it. Uh, NFL, we saw a, a kind of a big trade. Yeah, I guess it was a uh, team moving up to the three spot late last week, and we know what's happening here. The San Francisco 49ers are taking quarterback. But just uh, your overall thought on the, the draft prop market, It's you, you can't, it feels like if you're jumping in now, maybe you waited a little bit too long, even though the draft is still a month away. Is this something you get involved with? I don't as heavily as other people. I know people really grind like all the news outlets. They're, they're looking at all the drafts, <laughs> every possible. They're looking at every single book, every single price. There's Probably some arbitrage opportunities, similar to like the uh, Super Bowl prop betting markets, where you can find uh, something on an over/under seven and a half pick and get plus money on each side, or something. There's just going to be opportunities like that. Um, usually, limits aren't crazy high on draft prop stuff, so I've never honestly bothered. So uh, occasionally, I'll have something that someone just has really good info and says I should bet it, and I probably have. Uh, I can't even think of a time or a specific uh, pick or, or or setup. I'll say this: like people trying to project based on the trade what the Niners are going to do I I think the the third pick on who's going to be the quarterback drafted third is like an even market across three quarterbacks basically no one really knows anyways despite them making the trade other than yeah it'll be for a quarterback Uh, I think the Zach Wilson Jets market has moved quite a bit I think he's a big favorite now minus 500 range to go second but you still have Fields and Mac Jones has been in the talks a lot but I I'm sitting here. Why are the Niners giving up all these first rounders to move from 12 to three for Mac Jones? That doesn't really make sense. But there's a story was one of the Sims has a connection to Shanahan and uh, 
they they used to play together. Chris Sims, yeah, in college, and like he was just somehow he, yeah. he's like, oh yeah, they're getting Mac Jones, and so people are buying into it. There's all these kind of rumors, and I just I just don't trust a lot of it. But we do know it'll be a quarterback. I I just couldn't tell you you know who to even bet on at this point. Mac Jones doesn't make sense. I'd hope someone in the Niners organization could see, hey. There's a good chance we get Mac Jones at 12, or maybe we wait and trade up from 12 to nine or 10, but not three firsts to get up to number three to take Mac Jones. So I just, I just don't, I don't see that happening. And if it did, then I think the Niners made a mistake ultimately as far as the draft capital they had to give up. Yeah, people are running with everything that Chris Sims has said, and he's he does throw out strong opinions on his show every day with Mike Florio, and he so I know he was I think it was Kyle Shanahan's uh, roommate, and they're tight, so people think. Anything that he says that he's telling Chris Sims, which I, I don't know, that's a bit of a leap there, but you're right. Let me ask you, let me ask yeah. you a question. So I just pulled it out. My friend messaged me this yesterday. Uh, he's a 49ers fan. And I'm curious if you see, he's worried this, this kind of reeks of a Mac Jones, Trubisky type trade up. <laughs> he said it's not a hundred percent apples to apples, but he's like Mac Jones, Trubisky fields is kind of like Deshaun Watson. Lance is kind of like Mahomes where he has a lot of the tools and, so there's these three QBs the Niners could take here at number three. And he's just really worried Mac Jones is the Trubisky of the group. And we've seen similar stuff happen in the past, which is why I'm saying, oh, someone in the Niners organization knows not to trade up for Mac Jones. But it, it was a similar setup with Trubisky, uh, even, I think, a, a bigger trade up, to be honest. So uh, hopefully that's not the case for him. But I thought it was an interesting comparison. There are three QBs kind of viewed in a similar light. What I would, what I would say to that person is um... – I, un I understand the concern and boy, uh, two weeks ago, who would have thought if, if this is what they're doing, moving up for Mac Jones, like really, you're, you're going to move up in the draft yeah. for Mac Jones. What is the <laughs> ceiling for Mac Jones on a team that is probably ready to win right now with that well, defense yeah. and, and with that play caller, uh, at least Kyle Shanahan's making your call with the bear situation. It was Ryan Pace and John Fox was the head coach and the head coach didn't know that he was getting Mitchell Trubisky because he wanted Deshaun Watson and he yeah. made that known, but uh, you know, he, they, they didn't have a whole lot of communication there, oh, man. I just can't imagine, but, but it, Mac Jones is kind of like the quarterback that uh, Shanahan has worked with in the past. And I think that's another reason that a lot of people are going with it, but it, that, that would concern me too. If yep. I was a Niners fan, uh-huh. And the, the Niners are the team that the Bears traded with to move up to to get Trubisky. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the draft market for the third overall pick right now, it's Justin Fields, plus 150. Trey Lance, plus 150. Mac Jones, plus 175. Nobody knows anything. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. But, but would you agree that they're going quarterback that – the uh, we talked to Kanish about this yesterday. That the bet that's not as juicy anymore, but it's still available at a decent number. That the first four spots to be quarterbacks isn't a bad bet. Ooh, what was the price on that? Uh, let me see. It, early on, a couple weeks ago, was in that plus 700 plus 800 range. I know it's gone down a bit, but it's it's pretty decent number. Yeah, you can also there's like an over under on, on, I know. QBs drafted in the first round has moved quite a bit. It was five and a half, and now the unders juiced heavily, like minus 400s. Um, I know some guys that ended up betting that. Uh, but, yeah, all four first top four picks. for that. Eh, that's interesting. It could happen. Yeah, definitely could. Uh, total quarterbacks in the first round at five and a half, you can get plus 350 on the over. No, you're getting five. The question is, yeah, are you going to get that last one? 
Not bad. I'll say this. Yeah. On, do, you, do you remember who's drafting fourth off the top of your head? I believe it's Atlanta. Is it a bet then on a trade happening with Atlanta and them trading down and someone snagging a quarterback there? Or do you think Atlanta Maybe. actually may? You you have a brand new head coach, offensive-minded guy coming over from Tennessee. Does uh-huh. he want his quarterback of the future? Okay. Is it time to move on from Matt Ryan? Yeah, maybe Matt Ryan ends up you, you trade him elsewhere or something like yeah. that yourself. Yeah. Okay. I see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of these win totals are out uh, very early on. I don't, I don't know if there's anything you've taken a look at, but, boy, are there some high numbers, Preston, that really jumped out to me. You've got uh, – Let's see. Tampa Bay is at 11 and a half mm-hmm. and the under is minus 110. Green Bay is at 10 and a half after back to back 13 and three seasons. Kansas City is at 12. The under is minus 110. NFL win totals. Uh, do you look at those numbers into the double digits and uh, try to make a case uh, for the under? I mean, I think theoretically across the NFL win total market board, you can always make a case for the under on a lot of these. If you were just to bet on blind and shop for the best price, you can turn a profit. I know we're up against a break right here, but I will say this. Do you think Tom Brady's playing 16 games in the regular season? I I, I don't know. I I like the under there, I think, more than any of those. 